When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Mornings on SEN. Welcome back to the show. Julian DeStoop with you. Wildcard weekend continues uh, in the NFL. If you don't want to know the score of the game going on at the moment between the Giants and the Vikings, just cover your ears for a few seconds. Looks like this one's going to go down to the wire as well. Currently in the third term, it's the Giants 24. Uh, the Vikings who are at home. 21, of course. Ben Graham joins us for Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. Ben already had one game completed this morning and uh, a lot closer than a lot of people would have thought between the Bills and the Dolphins. Oh, absolutely it was, Jules. Good morning to you and the listeners. It was a fascinating game this morning. It looked like for all money the Buffalo Bills were going to do what the 49ers did to the Seahawks and that was to prove that they're one of the best teams in the NFL right now. They scored, they scored early, they were 14 to 0 up in a heartbeat. Miami couldn't get anything going on offense. There was a point where Skylar Thompson quarterback for the Dolphins only threw one completed pass in about a quarter and a half but all of a sudden the game changed a little bit, and the Dolphins got back into it. Josh Allen threw a couple of interceptions. Not his fault. Uh, and but to start the second half, the Dolphins' defense, who had done a really good job changing their looks and their coverage and starting to harass, causing a bit of chaos, they tackled Josh Allen for a loss. He fumbled the football, and they scored a touchdown. And all of a sudden, you thought, hang on a minute. We could have an upset on our hands, but it was Josh Allen that steered the ship late. He ended up with 352 yards and three touchdowns. Stefan Diggs and Gabe Davis had 227 yards and a touchdown between them. And they just held on 34 to 31. And they progressed to the divisional round next week. What did you make of Skylar Thompson's uh, game, Ben? Obviously, um... Dolphins missing their first-choice quarterback due to uh, concussion protocols. What did you make of his performance overall? Well, it, it was a tale of two halves. First half, he looked nervous. He looked uncomfortable. It was a boom or bust kind of a game for him. And they couldn't run the ball, which didn't really help him either. But his second half was much better. Only the second rookie for a Miami Dolphins franchise that's made a start in a playoff game. His second half was pretty good um, as a third-string quarterback, and we've seen third-string quarterbacks like Brock Purdy for the 49ers take all before him. Not the case for Skylar Thompson this morning, though. Although you know he wasn't he wasn't too bad. He ended up with 18 from 45, which suggests he completed a lot less than half his passes. But when you think of Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle, who as a duo over 3,000 yards on the season. They dropped a pass each. So did uh, Jeff Wilson. They had a couple of untimely penalties. They're the fourth most penalised team in the NFL. So there's a few things that didn't go well for Skylar Thompson. Not all his fault. But tell you what, 
they gave the Buffalo Bills and their crowd uh, one hell of a scare. And they could have won it, but uh, at the end of the day, they were their own worst enemy. Just take us through that play. Fourth and one, delay of game penalty, goes back to a fourth and six, and they couldn't get the job done. How does how does that happen at such a crucial stage of the game, which effectively cost them any chance to win? Well, generally, the offensive coordinator will give the plays through the mic and the, the earpiece of the quarterback, but Mike McDaniel called the plays today, and bit of inexperience by Skylar Thompson, not aware of the play clock. It wasn't the first time that it happened, actually. There was probably three or four times where they were very close to not getting the play off, a couple of delay a game penalties. But at that crucial stage, when they got it to fourth and one, they took a long time to get the play into Skylar Thompson, a long time. By the time they realised that they executed the play uh, anyway, and it was a loss of yards. So if it wasn't a delay game, it would have been game over there or then, there and then, but they had their opportunity at fourth and six. Ultimately, it wasn't the reason that cost them. I know we like to pinpoint these things at the end of the game. They did have their chances, but unfortunately they couldn't execute at the right time. And it's one of those ones where would you rather get beaten by 10 goals or lose mm-hmm. by a point? Well, it was a, dol- a Dolphins... Uh, year that was so up and down to think that they started that game so poorly, got back into the game, took the lead, but the Buffalo Bills were just too good in the end. It's been to Ben Graham. Thanks to Neds. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Neds level. Gamble responsibly. Call 1-800-858-858. You mentioned the tale of two halves. That was certainly the case uh, yesterday when the Jags beat the Chargers. 27-0 down. Their quarterback had thrown four interceptions, Trevor Lawrence, and then Suddenly, the game turned on its head in the second half. Just a, and another amazing turnaround in a game of NFL. Well, and often we see when a team leads early, they go conservative, they run the ball, they try and take time off the clock. But the Chargers weren't able to run the football. But defensively, they've struggled at times throughout the year at stopping the run. But it wasn't the run they needed to stop. It was Trevor Lawrence in the second half. This was the biggest turn of events that you could imagine, particularly in a playoff game. They did trail 27-0. to They scored a late touchdown in the first half, Evan Ingram. So they went into the rooms at halftime 27-7. to So it was really on Doug Peterson to calm Trevor Lawrence down, put the first half behind them, and reset. He said at halftime on the way into the rooms, we just need to keep chipping away one play at a time. And that's exactly what they did. Trevor Lawrence in the second half was unbelievable four touchdowns, but there was a play at the end of the second half. The Jaguars, unlike the Dolphins, to put them in a winning position, it was fourth and one. Trevor Lawrence changed the play at the line of scrimmage, didn't like the defensive front, but Doug Peterson called a timeout to enable them the time to reset. And they fronted up looking like it was going to be a quarterback sneak and the running backs were going to push Trevor Lawrence over for a first down to put themselves in better position to kick a field goal to win the game. But Travis Etienne Jr. came from the left side, went down the right side. No one blocked him. He ran for 25 yards. We set up the game-winning chip shop field goal to win 31-30, a 27-point deficit. They've turned it around. It was such a phenomenal game for the Jaguars. Their defense has kept them in it for a lot of games this year, but it was their offense in the second half that 
got the job done and there was an opportunity for the Alas budget. They missed the field goal late, which probably sealed the deal for them. Too many penalties, untimely. Jaguars get to advance. Given what he's doing uh, for the 49ers, is it time that uh, Brock Purdy had a nickname change? It can't be Mr. Irrelevant anymore. Oh, absolutely not, Jules. It, to, to see what this young man's done, six career starts, 6-0, and oh, in a playoff game, yeah, he showed some nerves early against the Seahawks. The Seahawks led this game 17-16 to 16 at halftime. But his ability... He career season high three hundred and thirty two yards, equaled his best three touchdowns. Season high eleven yards per completion. We know they've got a high powered offense with Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel, Brandon Ayuk, George Kittle, and defensively they are one of the best defenses led by Nick Bosa, sack Geno Smith three times. But a third string quarterback drafted last in the draft to put up these kind of numbers in a playoff game is just unheard of. And even though they give these offensive rookie of the years to a player like a Kenneth Walker or a Garrett Wilson, someone that's played an entire season, what he's done in his six starts has been phenomenal. And I think it puts the 49ers as the best team in the NFC and has closed the gap between the likes of the Chiefs and the Bills and the Bengals in the AFC. It's just an extraordinary story. Amazing story unfolding uh, with that one. So right now we've got the Giants and the Vikings. Then coming up after that game, it's the Ravens and the Bengals. Then tomorrow to complete the wildcard weekend, it's the Cowboys and Tom Brady's Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Who do you like in the game that's going on now, given it's tight, 24-21 in favour of the Giants and uh, also the, the two remaining wildcard matches? Yeah, well, I'm a, I'm a glass half full when it comes to the Vikings, unlike a lot of people who uh, think that it's uh, a false economy. It's been a great game, Miss. It's been touchdown for touchdown. Daniel Jones is having a career day at the moment in the air and on the ground. I think I trust the Vikings in the fourth quarter to, if they are behind to come back and win this game. But tell you what, what a performance by Brian Dayball it has been at the Giants. But Maybe we do have another upset on the cards brewing in Minnesota. This afternoon, I think the Bengals take care of business at home against their AFC North rival of Ravens. They beat them last week. They're firing on all cylinders, particularly their offense. And the Ravens without Lamar Jackson, I think it's going to be an uphill battle. But really looking forward to tomorrow's game, Jules, the Cowboys and the Buccaneers. They met week one where the Buccaneers won comfortably and everyone wrote the Cowboys off. But I think what they've done across the season, if they can take care of the football, if Ezekiel Elliott and Tom and Tony Pollard can run the football as effectively as they have all season, if Dak Prescott takes care of the football, that should be good enough to beat the Buccaneers in Tampa, who go into this playoff series with a losing record, but they do have Tom Brady, and we know his record <laughs> in the playoffs. We can never write them off. But he's been a, a little up and down, Tom Brady and the Buccaneers offense, and if there's Cowboys defense can find a way to force 50 attempts through the air, pick him off a couple of times, force a couple of turnovers. I think the Cowboys will win in a close one. But they bill it as Super Wild Card Weekend, Jules, and it certainly lived up to the reputation. Just a quick one before I let you go. And I was driving in this morning. Is there a competition to see how far you can still kick the ball? 
Uh, yes, uh, we did do, thanks to tyre power, a little competition, a guessing game. Uh, Got to say, I had to warm up for that particular uh, shoot, Jules, but got away with it unscathed and good luck with your tip because I hit a bomb. <laughs> Very good. I was going to ask you how you went. I know you can't give away the distance, but sounds like uh, you've still got it. Uh, Benny, thanks for your time this morning. Uh, we look forward to chatting again uh, next Monday as the uh, playoffs continue. Thanks, Jules. Great to chat to Ben Graham. Uh, thanks to Ned's Take. Whatever you bet on, take it to the Ned's level. Gamble responsibly. Call one 858 We'll be back after the break on mornings for the Hyundai Tucson Turbo Diesel in stock now.